All right, welcome, welcome into the 114th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We got a good one for you today. We have a special guest on the show. Uh, it is StatWiz from Twitter, one of the more popular Dynasty Twitter accounts over on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. StatWiz joins the show. We do a little chit-chat Q&A about more of the philosophy of Dynasty Fantasy Football and where to move your team, some good places to pick up a little bit of an edge on your opponents in your league. Uh, after that, we move into our weekend recap and our boom bust of the week. And at one point, Max gets me so tilted about his blatant tanking, I have to go off on him. All right, we got a great show ahead of ahead for you. It's brought to you by our Twitter account at Dynasty Monarchy. Go check out our Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there. StatWiz gave us a shout out. Uh, he's a great, great, great member of the Dynasty Twitter community. But I also think Super Producer runs our page over there at Dynasty Monarchy just as well. Super Producer always puts out great stuff, great content over there. Trades, tips, tricks, all that stuff. Go follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go, episode 114 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. We got the gang back together, Super Producer and Max up in the land. I am in Dirty Jersey. Gentlemen, what a Monday night football game. The Philadelphia Eagles are on their way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, dude. I mean, I was, I can't, I'm going to be completely honest. I did fall asleep like right at the start of the fourth quarter. And I feel bad about it because I went to sleep. I'm like, oh, the Chiefs got this one, like easy money. And I just like went to sleep and I woke up and I was like, Oh my, what happened? Woke up to Marquez Valdez Scantling drop touchdown passes. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I think it's really truly one thing, and it's the Taylor Swift curse. It is. When she's there, they're golden. I don't disagree there, honestly. I mean, Kels didn't look himself, the rain didn't help. But I mean, the Eagles, they're they're a good team. They fought back. Uh, I mean, the touch push is insane. A.J. Brown, catch for eight yards, is uh, probably costing people a lot of wins that are needed right now. So, I don't know. Great game. I think that the Chiefs go out this offseason and get a wide receiver. I don't know who it is. If I had to guess, honestly, I'd probably say Pittman. Pittman's my guess there. All right. Let's take a look at this upcoming slate of games. From us over here at the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, to all of you in your homes, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Max, one of your favorite, if not your favorite holiday. I think Christmas is your favorite, but I think Thanksgiving is a close second. You're Mr. Thanksgiving football. You usually set a lineup of just players that are playing on Thanksgiving. Max, give me one player to score in each of these games. You as well, super producer. So our people, while they're listening to the show or while they're watching these games, can sit back, enjoy, and say, hey, Mr. Max called that one. How about we do this? How about we just each take a game and each pick a player to score and I'll put it in a parlay and ride it. All right, Mr. Max. Um, So Pete, you're the host. You decide what game everyone gets, man. Max, you're going to get Detroit. 
the Detroit uh, Green Bay game. Super producer will get the next game. I think the next game is Dallas Washington. And I will take the absolute stinker that everyone's going to have to get on Sunday night uh, with the Seattle Seahawks and San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Um, Detroit football. I'm going with kind of a favorite here. I'm going with David Montgomery. Guy has a nose for the end zone. And he's minus 150 on ESPN bet. So I'm going to ride David Montgomery. I like it, man. I, he he seems to always be a good bet when he's healthy to just get in the end zone. So I cannot argue with that one. I'm I'm going to go with probably another favorite here. C.D. Lamb. It's got to yeah. be. Because against that secondary? If the, yeah, that secondary is so bad. C.D. Lamb, is he's going to walk in there. And there's really no other guys I like. Maybe Brian Robinson, but Dallas defense is just too good. See, I could go and be boring and say Christian McCaffrey is going to get in the end zone. And that would be fine and dandy. That would be fun. But I want to be different. Tyler Lockett. Okay. It's looking at plus 845 on DraftKings. It's pretty sweet. Uh, I got plus 1,108. Whoa. On ESPN bet. So. Sounds like better deal, Mr. C. Plus 1150. If I throw a $50 free bet on this. It would win me five hundred and fifty-three dollars. It's a pretty good bet, boys. I mean, I'm throwing on it right now. I'm not going to throw fifty dollars on it, but I am going to throw a nice five burger on it. While gambling is a nice thing to do on the NFL during Thanksgiving, I want to know if you could gamble on one thing that your family is going to do during the day. What would you put your money on? I got, I got my one uncle loves to take a nap. I was like, that is minus a thousand on my one uncle just crashing out, mouth open, snoring everywhere on the couch. Sounds amazing. I could go for a nap right now. I love that. Uh, I'm going to guess my family plays fishbowl. Uh, it's just a, a fun game we usually play when we gather around. So, And I would probably just say start an argument. I mean, what, what's Thanksgiving without an argument? It's true. All right, we got a great show for you coming up today. All right, and it's all presented by our Twitter account. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. All right, let's get into our discussion with StatWiz. All right, joining the podcast is a very special guest. Uh, his name is StatWiz over on Twitter at S T A T W I Z Z. He's an avid trader, avid uh, active member of the Dynasty community over on Twitter. Always been on uh, Dynasty podcasts around the space. I want everyone to welcome on StatWiz. Thank you, thank you. That introduction was uh, far better than I deserved. I appreciate that. All right. So first question that we have for you, we know that you are a contributor to the space. You know, you have a, a good amount of followers on Twitter. You help inform a lot of people. What's it like to be referred to by others as the stat whiz? I feel like that's pretty cool. It's actually funny. Um, that name, if you're familiar with Ryan McDowell, <clears throat> which I feel like everybody in the fantasy space is, um, he helped dub me that name because when I first got into this, in my home league, I go by Wiz. And I wanted to look at things statistically from like the analytics and things like that. And we were talking, he and I, and I threw it out. And I was like, what if I just went by StatWiz? And he said, you know, that sounds amazing. That's 
you should go by that. And of course, I have in no way done that name justice. I just lucked into a what people may think is a good name uh, and ran with it, <laughs> to be completely honest. Yeah, and I know you're you're dampering yourself, you're putting yourself down, but you are a contributor in the space and people do look to you for advice. So Super Producer had the great idea of booking a guest uh, and it's this time of year once playoffs are set, everyone has their starting lineups. There's nothing really left to do after the trade deadline for most year leagues except evaluate the future, kind of take that first step towards that next point. And we know that you really enjoy kind of steering teams and giving advice over on Twitter. So we wanted to have you on to kind of help guide some teams out there and some people that listen to the show and help steer them in the right direction for the off season to come. I know we're all focused on what's happening right now, especially if you're a competitor, but those that aren't going to be the time is now to start thinking about your future. Strictly in the dynasty realm. Do your leagues have a trade deadline? I think a lot of our tree, our leagues do have a trade deadline, but I know that there's a lot of leagues out there that don't. What what is the good in that? Why do you in having a trade deadline? A, a good route to the, yeah, and having a trade deadline. I get it in redraft, but just in the dynasty world, what what positive uh, do we feel like we're bringing by doing that? And Max, I know you're the other avid trader, and, and you love trading, so. I know you'd probably be anti-trade deadline. I think what a trade deadline does is it sets a date that says you're either in or you're out. And moving forward, we can't just shove our chips in right before the playoffs and ride a three-game winning streak. I can't be just mid the whole year and then just say, okay, I'm just going to push it in. All the injuries are out of the way, X, Y, Z. I, I think that's what's the best part about having the trade deadline a little bit early. I'm obviously very much an advocate for no tr trade deadline. I think if you want to play like an MLB team and load up and just mortgage your future for this playoff running, then more power to you. Because truthfully, if people have played Dynasty and if they have played it long or even if they're mediocre at it, you know that in those instances, you can squeeze the living life out of people and get just so much <laughs> more value. Like, I mean, which is obviously why we play. We don't play to lose. Um, but I just made Except if you're Max, got... then you play to lose and intentionally lose games. But Is this a tanking thing? We're, we're trying to get Caleb Williams? Is that what's happening? No, we play in Please one quarterback. Your... It, one and... quarterback? Yeah. Oh, we, Lord. We this is another conversation that we can have later about league structure and everything okay. like that. But, but yeah, no, we, we enjoy a very uh, – our <clears throat> most important league, and I think this is, and again, I'm like a traditionalist for fantasy football. So one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, tight end, a flex, defense, and a kicker. To me, I guess when you boil it down, the no trade deadline, we'll, we will pick on Max because you threw him under the bus. But <laughs> if he loses to the extent you say – this at least gives him a reason to stay engaged for the entire season. And truthfully, we're playing a game completely based on luck. And who's to say that he doesn't push all of his chips into the, the middle of the table and win a title? I've done that. Stat -wise. I've won a title. Peter's never won a title. Um, and I think that's just why he's upset. But it's okay. And that's what Peter does. He's upset. He cries. And that's, 
it is what it is. But stat was like, while we have you and while we're on this topic of pushing chips in and everything like that, I thought it would be a good transition to ask you like, what's one player that you're like trying to buy low right, right now. And what's one player you're selling high just based off their windows and everything. Okay. Are we, are we talking in terms of literally right now, like rest of season kind of a thing? Whatever you want it to be. It could be right now or it could be I'm looking to buy this guy in the off season, or I already sold this guy before the deadline. If you're looking to buy somebody right now, let's say just before the deadline, I would say Kyron Williams would be the number one candidate for me. And I know he was just activated, so we probably missed the boat on that. But that would be the guy that – I ironically just posted something earlier tonight. I don't know if you guys saw it, but Kyron Williams currently is averaging more points per game than Saquon, Eckler, Rashad White, Reese Hall, Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor. I can name about eight others, but the point being that he is so crazy undervalued. And I think it's because he just doesn't have that name value. And, and also because of his draft capital, but he would absolutely be somebody, if we're talking this year, I would be buying. Um, if you're talking long-term, I'm probably going to go down with this shit, but I don't care. Um, I'm a Bryce Young guy. I would buy him at his rock-bottom price. I don't think you're ever going to be able to get him this cheaply. His situation... It's rough, man. To my recollection... Yeah, to my recollection, I can't remember a number one pick having such a bad line, such bad weapons. The defense was supposed to be good, but I don't know if they subbed us in on Sundays and <laughs> that's what is happening. But, I mean, I still firmly believe, even with Stroud just playing out of his mind, I still think you look back in five years and say Bryce Young is a QB one. So I think he's really good. He can throw the ball. But Nick, so you go. Yeah, I do have one one question. So as far as those buys go, with Kyron Williams, obviously it's got to be a contending team for this year. I mean, I feel like if I was a running back away, I would be comfortable sending a first round pick. Like if it was my first round pick, even in Superflex, it could get kind of rough there if you're like middle of the pack. But would you be trying to buy like would you buy for a late first or would you be trying to send like a couple second round picks and then just to piggyback as well with Bryce Young like what would be your cost to buy in do you think it would still be a first round pick in super flex leagues maybe you send a player like I don't even know like Traylon Burks in a few seconds and maybe you try to get them that way or like how are you going to go about trying to buy these guys uh in a dynasty league for Kyron Williams, in a perfect world, I would send a couple of second rounders, uh, but I don't know that that necessarily gets it done. I would be comfortable sending a late first if I'm a contending team because I'm a firm believer if you've got the window, you have to pounce. I'd rather look back at the end of the year like, damn, I messed up that deal. Kyron Williams just – he. He looked horrible, but at least I did what I could to put myself in the best position. As far as Bryce, as long as I had a back half of the first round pick, I would do that without question. Because, like I said, I think 
I really think within five years, and that's a one QB comment also. I think he'll be a top yeah. 12 overall. Um, but I would do a anywhere from the 106 to 112 reasonably comfortably and be able to sleep well at night doing that. But I'm a big Bryce guy, and I've, I'm a huge supporter. I think he's fantastic, and this year is nothing more than the situation just being god-awful. His coach is a joke. Uh, so really quick talking point. Uh, first on Kyren, our first episode of this podcast, 114 episodes ago, we did mention Kyren Williams while he was still at Notre Dame. I loved him, uh, but it was sad that we didn't see him get his draft capital. We're finally happy that he's getting his shine. Second note for anybody, if you don't have a trade deadline, the Rams dropped Daryl Henderson. That is a big endorsement of Kyren Williams that he is ready to go and that they trust him. So I think sending two seconds is easy if you're if you're trying to win right now. Bouncing off this question that Max just got us into, more of a philosophy around dynasty question. Uh, and it seems like you have a lot of teams, you have uh, a lot of different leagues that you play in. What's one way that you manage overexposure of players? So someone that I loved at the start of the year, I play in five leagues. I had DJ Moore in four of them. While DJ Moore has played well this year, I tried to limit my exposure. But what's your angle at taking exposure in these dynasty leagues? I think it's a good move to try to limit um, simply on the basis, whether you drafted or you're targeting these players because you like them or you're targeting them because of an opinion you have coming in. You have to hedge your bets. It is entirely possible every year that I put out 100 takes, and I'm dead wrong on every single one of them. So I like to, if at all possible, limit the exposure that way. DJ Moore, I was, for example, I was completely out on. I'm not a Justin Fields guy. I think he's overrated. So I wouldn't want any part of uh, Moore unless it was at a discount. But – even with that being said, there are several leagues that I have him because I got him at a, a price that I deemed acceptable. And like I said, there was a world where Justin Fields could come out and light the world on fire. There have been several games that he's more has played out of his damn mind. So he got me on that. One. But Are there certain players that you're fine having them in every single league, though? Are there like guys we look at Tyreek Hill? Right. We've seen him over his entire career now be an elite top end wide receiver one. Guys like Devontae Adams outside of this year, elite wide receiver one just about every single year of their career. Do you find any risk in investing heavily in all of your leagues in these highly touted assets? Not like DJ Moore, where there were questions and he is cheaper. Are you fine with paying heavy prices in all of your leagues to get elite players in every league? Ironically, if you would have asked me this before the season, I would have said, yeah, I have no problem with that. Cause I think 95% of the leagues I was in redraft dynasty, anything, Justin Jefferson was my guy. I got him. And I know that's easy to say because he was the one Oh one, but in my home league, uh, I actually had him and I was cruising. I was, very comfortably on my way to a title, I felt, and and he got injured, and it completely blew my season up, not only in that league, but like I said, I had probably 95% exposure. So when you spent that type of capital, uh, 
really hard to to navigate it. So I would not say no. I don't think there's any player now that I'm like, I, yeah, I want them. I have to have them. Yeah, in every league. All right, Mr. Max, do you have uh, another question? My last question that I have for you, Stat, was um, when I know we are making content and you're in the content realm as well. You've been in the content realm. You've seen a lot of things. What's like your one advice that you'd give to us, to people listening to the podcast that are scared to break in, that are scared to get their feet wet in the industry? What was something that you would give just to someone starting off in this industry? The one piece I would say would be, it sounds cliche, but it's true. It's held true for me is legitimately twofold. One, don't be afraid. People fell in this quote unquote industry all the time you fail, you know, people fell at jobs, things like that. I would rather see somebody fail at something they enjoy than succeed in something they hate or that makes them miserable. And second off, be yourself. Don't try to be, you know, I posted something earlier today and it's like when I first got in, whether it be through conversation, me just thinking like an idiot, I thought that everybody in this space was rainbows and sunshine and the world is perfect and I've got to be BFS with everybody, but that's not the case. This is just like real life. You guys are doing your thing. I'm sure you have people who support it. I'm sure you have people that are like, man, you guys suck. You're terrible. Just block that out. There are so many people in this in this space. And if you're putting out legitimate real material that is legitimately you, your personality, you're not trying to, you know, uh, fill a role, so to speak, then you're going to succeed hands down. That would be my, my biggest advice. All right. Wrapping up our time here with StatWiz, super producer. I think we have one final fantasy football question before we cut to the rest of the show. Yes. The final question here for you. What do you think is the biggest mistake that dynasty players make, whether it be new players to the dynasty realm, or if it's players that you see who maybe have been playing dynasty for five or 10 years, what's the one biggest mistake there that you see? Paying far too much attention and placing way too much value on actual age. I've seen people and and granted, you know, it's different if you're looking at a 36 year old quarterback yeah, you're sitting on a ticking time bomb. You need to either go all in and accept the losses when they're done, or you need to sell for what you can get. But we're talking about, I posted a trade earlier, um, and I don't know how it got accepted. I, I don't know. The guy maybe was his own commissioner. I'm not really sure. But it was Stefan Diggs and Raheem, uh, Raheem Mostert for JSN. Would either of the three of you make that deal legitimately? I'd probably hold on to Diggs and Mostert. Yeah, I would I'd also hold on to Diggs. I'd probably take JSN. I think Mostert's worth nothing. You would take JSN over Diggs in a and Mostert. I would. Yeah, well, this, is, this is obviously years a vacuum. Old, 31, 32 years old. Diggs is also 29, 30. Allen's looks slowing down. So, yeah, I would. Uh, okay, that's that's a beautiful answer because I hate to respond like this because it feels like I'm picking but in that context 
like I told somebody earlier. So Diggs, you think he, you think he's on the back nine. You think that at any time, it's going to be a Hopkins situation where he just becomes purely volume driven. One thousand. Okay, you're in a team. Okay, so you're in the league with at least nine other people. Legitimately, Diggs is a wide receiver one, without question. You truthfully don't think you can get more than a rookie who sucked this entire year. He hasn't shown flashes of anything. I mean, he can't even beat out Lockett or Metcalf, who Metcalf is the most overrated receiver in football to me. But um, you you truthfully don't think you can get more for Diggs. He's attached to an elite quarterback. He's not going anywhere next year. You think JSN is the best you can get, or is that more of a uh, testament before, to bef- your love for Max JSN? Speaks. Before Max speaks, this yeah. just goes to show all of our listeners right now the difference in value that you can find in your league. And I'd love, I'd love to hear Max's response right now. I'd be thrilled with JSN. Like, I think that, like, what I'd be expecting for Diggs is like, honestly, an Amari Cooper in a second or something. I mean, to get. Um, Amari Cooper yeah. in a second. That's that's like peak value to you. you right? I don't think I don't think Diggs is that good <clears throat> any like long term. I do not. I really don't. So yes, I to get a 23-year-old rookie wide receiver that probably went 103 in one quarterback drafts, I'd be ecstatic to get one of the 103 for Diggs, 100 percent Someone else kind of commented and sided with you. And my logic was like, okay, first off, the age-wise, you you 23 is obviously significant to you because you feel he's pretty young. You, just throwing out a name, I know another 23-year-old who is all hype and no production by the name of Traylon Burks. Would you do that? No, I wouldn't do Traylon Burks. Why is that? Because I, I don't believe in Traylon Burks. I believe in JSN because JSN went to Ohio State. Are you an Ohio State fan? I'm an Ohio State fan, but I think that JSN is – very, very talented, and just watch his Rose Bowl highlights versus Utah, and you'll see. So you put no stock in the fact that Burks is the same age and had higher draft capital? He only had like four four picks higher draft capital, and he's on a worse team with a worse quarterback. Yeah, I don't I don't really care about Traylon Burks. But JSN is the wide receiver three on his offense. For this year. I mean, it may be as accurate for the remainder of this year, but Geno over Levis – you think long term as long, far as two or three not years? Not long term, but they did just pay Gino, and I don't think they're completely sold on Levis. It's not like they've been winning much that many games. That's fair. Of course, he was one of three quarterbacks to pass for four touchdowns in his first career start. I'm not a Levis guy, but if I wanted to play devil's advocate, I think that you could make the argument. But my point to the whole Diggs thing, if you were going to sell for a younger asset, why would you not target somebody like Puka? If you tell me I can get Puka and Mostert, okay, I could I could see your logic. You're trying to get younger. You're trying to cash out and not hold the bag. But, I mean, what has JSN done that makes you a believer? In the pros, not college. Not much. Not right now. I just believe in the prospect <laughs> and the talent. I mean, so I- stat was – so that was what you're trying to say and what you're trying to say for the biggest takeaway for dynasty players is to not value ages highly right so even though jsn is 23 
you'd rather go for other 23 year olds that have better production or you try to get more value for some of these older guys. Yeah. I have to do this just because I would be remiss to not do this because it's strict statistic thing. JSN's 21, not 23. That's Um, even better. So, so there is a, there is an age gap. Um, But I think between valuing overvaluing age and a lot of people look at Dynasty like they would if you were playing a franchise mode mad. Like, you have to get the youngest assets because they have to be uh, – they've convinced themselves that for the next five, eight years, you're going to have pretty much the same team. Dynasty's a lot more – it's a lot closer to redraft than you realize. Somebody like Raheem Mostert, if you can go out right now and you're a contending team and you can get him for a pair of seconds – you're going to do that. And yeah, he's older than Jesus, but he's going to get it done this year. And I then you're going to count your losses. I think, I think he was there at the birth, um, but I have to check my <laughs> notes, but you're going to, you're going to take the win. It's just a couple of seconds. What difference does it make? What are you getting in the second round? Realistically, not much. You maybe can, from time to time, you get a dart throw. My first pick ever was when I was with DLF, and it was a second-round pick. I took Rashad White, and I kicked myself immediately because I was like, damn it. You know who I really wanted? David Bell. I thought David Bell was going to be really good. And I look back, and I'm like, man, I ended up making actually the far better pick. But that that would be my thing. They just they do value too much. They're like – a lot of people look at it, and they're like, man, I have to have – all under 25 you're not going to win a lot of leagues with all 20 under 25 and when they actually get to their peaks you probably have traded them by that point anyways because we're all we're all creatures of habit and we're like damn you know jsn sucks i gotta trade him i gotta do something to contend this year but that's just my two cents i think it's a great point i think the listeners i mean we don't really talk about that very often so we appreciate that uh before we do let you go here statwiz i had one final parting question it's just like i just want like a one a one word answer from a dynasty perspective though just in a vacuum would you rather have devonta smith or chris olave chris olave <laughs> without hesitation put that on hey. a billboard i'm assuming max you were the one that uh devonta i usually stand on my own hell stat was so yes this would be true the the number two on his own team oh, my God. <laughs> oh say that stat all right was. thanks Thanks so much for joining us, StatWiz. Great guest. We're going to ha- try to have you back on the podcast right around draft season is when uh, everything kind of starts turning around here. We're going to get guests on this upcoming year for anyone listening. Uh, I know we, I have a buddy that writes for PFF. I'm going to try to get him on. Uh, and then we're going to have StatWiz, all these guys coming through right around draft season. Again, thank you so much for hopping on. Is there any socials that you'd like to plug? I know we said it's at StatWiz over on Twitter. Anything you'd like to plug, say that you're doing? Uh, no, just if you have been remotely entertained with anything I've had to say, please toss me a follow. Um, and also, I will part with this because it seems to be a really hot take. Come uh, at me when Jaden Daniels is the second quarterback off the board in April. That might be true. Heisman front runner now, Jaden Daniels. Uh, it has nothing to do with that. I think he's just, I think he's night and day better than Drake May. Drake May right. or any other quarterback. Thanks, that was appreciate you for popping <laughs> on. Uh, we'll see you come the spring.
Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks again to StatWiz for popping on the show. We're going to get into our weekend recap right now. Super producer. This guy is on a very hot seat. We mentioned him about three or four weeks ago that the organization feels like they whiffed on the pick. Who are you going to be talking about on your weekend recap? Yeah, mine's going to be Quentin Johnston. This one hurts to say because I really did like him in the pre-draft process. Um, But that's it, man. I I think it's time to call it quits. I wish I didn't have him really in any leagues. I think I have him in like three or four. Um, I don't know. The dude just looks like he's in his own head. He can't catch balls dropped like a go ahead touchdown pass. Basically. I mean, he would have been running for, for a little bit there. He just looks like a bust and I get it's a little bit halfway through his first season, but the dude really couldn't get on the field. The first half really had to have injuries to Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, even Keenan Allen a little bit banged up and he still couldn't really show flashes of what we kind of saw at TCU. So this one pains me to say it, but I, I think I don't even know what you do with them. I think you got to sell them for a second if you can get it, but I don't know if anyone's really going to pay a second, sadly. It's true, man. I mean, I was just thinking, I was like, do I send a second over and super flex? But like, I don't know if I can. Like this guy, he looks terrible. I think that the opportunity has been there. His quarterback's there. They have a good offensive. Like everything's going the right way for him and he still sucks. I, I, you could sell for a second. That's probably the smart move. I don't think I'd even buy for a second though at this point, but no one's going to sell for a third. So it's like, it's just unfortunate. And I think that you you swing and you miss sometimes. It's what it is. It's life. All right, let's keep moving forward. Mr. Max, your weekend recap. So my weekend recap, and honestly, this is a player that I like, I should say. Devin Singletary had another great game. 22 carries, 120, 112 yards. Last week, he had 30 carries, 150 yards. He's found the end zone in both games. The Texans are playing hot, man. I mean, C.J. Stroud is moving that football. I was going to go Tank Dallas, going to go Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is really cheap. Like, if your trade deadline hasn't passed, you could probably get it for, like, two-thirds. I think Devin Singletary is ultimate fool's gold. Damian Pierce is coming back. He's going to eat into that usage. He is not going to be putting up 100-yard games. I don't think Damian Pierce is very good at all. When he's played, he has not looked like Devin Singletary, and that offense has not just like Damian Pierce averaged 2.6 yards a carry on average here his first couple games. Yeah, but the Texans Texans weren't who we thought they were back then before Pierce's injury. They were still kind of like bad to mid, and now the offense has exploded, and it's created open running lanes because everyone thinks CJ Stroud's going to pass. I just, I just can't, I, can I can't imagine a world where Pierce gets carries like D'Amico just said he did in his press conference uh, two days ago, where he said Pierce is going to get carries uh, and Singletary still goes over a hundred and is fan- super fantasy relevant. Can he be fantasy relevant? Sure. I don't think he'll he be worth- like, super relevant. Is he worth a third? Yeah. I would pay a third. You got guys paying a second for, Gus Edwards, or a guy, you got guys paying a second for Kareem Hunt. That's crazy to me. 
Cream Hunt's not worth a second. He just did it. Singletary is not worth a second, but I'd rather pay a third for Singletary than a second for Hunt. I don't know. I just thought he had two good weeks in a row. I get Damian Pierce has been out. I'm higher on him than most. I don't know, man. I mean, Singletary played like two really bad defenses as well, but he did. Arizona stinks. I would sell him for a third for sure. Yeah, I don't think he's worth more than that. All right. Mine this week, player I need to. I don't want to. I need to highlight this guy. Garrett Wilson. I know we've been talking about him a lot on the podcast. I said, even with Zach Wilson, he was putting up 14 targets a game. All these reception was still fantasy relevant. This week, he had a stinker. And I wanted to buy. I wanted to buy. Sent a great offer over to our mutual friend, Mort. And I was rejected and told that Garrett Garrett Wilson is untouchable and that he would be worth four and a half first. I just want to put this out there into the ether. As the biggest Jets fan that I know, someone who would love to have Garrett Wilson on his team, I think three and a half first is probably fair value. But four and a half first is, is impossible to imagine for him right now. And it's just a highlight. I want to talk about Garrett Wilson because he had a horrible game. Some of your leagues, he scores negative points. I just can't imagine a world where he is worth four and a half first. Jefferson isn't worth four and a half. Nick C would turn down for him. He probably is worth, he probably is worth it. I mean, but that's where we, for anybody listening, that's where our home league is very skewed with how first round picks are like valued. So us saying like, oh, me saying like Jefferson's worth four first round picks in that league, he probably is because the guy who has him probably wouldn't trade him for anything less than five first round picks. If that shows you how skewed it is. So in your own leagues, the values are definitely going to be different. It's amazing how some of these guys are just, they're valued so high and they haven't done anything to be honest with you. I mean, he hasn't done Jack Diddley out there on the football field. So to think that he's worth even three and a half is crazy. I think he's maybe worth two and a half. You won offensive rookie of the year last year. So he has done I, something. I think he's had three top 10 finishes in his whole career, um, which just it's not what I pay for him. If I'm paying three and a half first, I'm going out and getting a guy that I know is going to finish in those top half, top 10 finishes when Garrett Wilson's not that. Just, I mean, just this year he's had zero top 10 finishes, and last year he had three. So he's had three top 10 finishes in 30 games. Like that's 10% of the time he finishes top 10. That's just not cutting it. That's not worth three and a half, four first, four and a half first. It's just not. And it's crazy that those trades still get rejected. All right, let's move into our crystal ball segment of the episode. All right, super producer, give us a rundown of last week's crystal ball picks. So, PJ, your pick was Christian Kirk for the boom. He ended with 6.3 points. Ridley yeah, ended up I having picked the, the big wrong, boom. I picked the wrong one. Yeah, that's a tough one. Joe Burrow, 8.7 points, got injured. He probably lost a ton of people weeks. I know he lost me two leagues in particular. So that's a tough, tough one for Joe Burrow there. Um, but a, a hit for PJ. Max, you had Amari Cooper. 5.4 points tough because we had recorded before Watson uh, got ruled out for the season. So that one is just pretty brutal there. But then Lamar Jackson had 23.9 points. He just went off 
it's surprising just given how the game script has kind of went for them uh, the past handful of games. And then my boom was Brandon Ayuk. He had 24.1 points, which was a hit. He had a big uh, long touchdown there. And then I had Devonta Smith versus Kansas City, and he was the leading receiver for the Eagles. He had 12.9 fantasy points and half PPR. All right, let's start off our crystal ball segment. Who would like to go first? Who is adventurous enough to go first? I could take it. All right, super producer, let's hear your boom and then your bust. All righty. So to start off here with my boom, I'm going to go with Adam Thielen versus the Tennessee Titans. Basically just chasing one of these bad matchups. It's like whoever's playing Tennessee and Tampa Bay for receivers, you just got to fire them up and hope for a nuke on them. Um, They just gave up. Obviously, we just mentioned the big week to Calvin Ridley. And I think it's really going to be Thielen's time to shine after a few down weeks from the production that he was seeing earlier in the season. Thielen's still drawing targets at an absurd rate. I mean, the past four games, he's averaging 9.5 targets a game, and he's just been doing it all season. I mean, the dude gets like 10, 11 targets pretty much a game. Um, But that's basically my logic here. Just ton of volume versus a terrible pass defense. And I'm honestly expecting him to finish as a wide receiver one uh, this week. And then my bust is going to be Brees Hall versus the Miami Dolphins. I don't know what it is with Brees Hall. I mean, this he's really stayed afloat and put up okay numbers in the past four weeks. But he should have been absolutely destroying these teams. I mean, the past four matchups yeah. for him have been so easy where it is kind of concerning rest of the season for him of I mean you probably can't trade him away just because of the upside but if you could find a trade partner and you're trying to go for it and win it this year I would honestly be trying to to move off of him and try to get I don't know some like a vet producing running back plus like a bunch of stuff on top of it because Averaging 2.25 yards per carry over the last four games. Like I said, it's not super... on him. That offensive line, uh, I think we have our uh, second string left tackle, third string right tackle, third string right guard, third string center, and then our starting left guard. So he is going, it's an uphill climb for Brees Hall behind that offensive line. For sure. And that's one reason that, I mean, I, it is hard for for his rest of the season outlook of what he's going to be doing. And to mention all those offensive linemen, now you have Tim Boyle starting at quarterback and against the Miami defense here that has been surging and in a game that's realistically going to be a boat race for Miami. And I don't see how the Jets can really give Brees Hall like 20 touches. 100%. I just don't really see it happening. Yeah, I mean, he, he might get five or six receptions like he's been doing, but if he can't get it going on the ground and they're down by a ton of points, I I just don't see it this week. Max, you're up. I'm going to go with Jerome Ford as my boom of the week. He gets to play the Denver Broncos in Denver. Um, They have a terrible, terrible run defense, as we can just see in their past game. Alexander Madison even looked like a star last week versus them and Ty Chandler. So I think Jerome Ford has just an amazing game this week. Um, they're going to really have to rely heavily on the ground game given DTR. And honestly, Ford looked pretty good last week versus Steelers. He got in the end zone there, um, caught some balls out of the backfield. So I like Jerome Ford a lot this week. And I think he's a 
candidate for 20 plus points pretty easily. Yeah, I love the Brownies running attack. It's what they're going to need. It's the formula. And I think Kevin Stefanski is a very smart guy. I know the people in Cleveland aren't the biggest fans of him at times. Uh, from time to time, the the opinion of him shifts. It's very polar in Cleveland. Um, but he knows what he needs to do. He's got to get that running game going before the playoffs start. So I think they're going to start right now, now trying to push that running game into where they need it. So I think he's going to hand the ball off a million times this game and not target Pat Sertan, who is still locked down. Yeah, and I think the big point, too, is Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He does not look great. I mean, I think he threw the ball like 43 times this past week and had like 160 passing yards. So there's no way this Browns coaching staff isn't going to look at that game plan and say, okay, maybe we shouldn't have him throw 40 times a game and hand the ball off to Ford, Hunt, give it to him 30 times at least. I uh, I agree there. And my bust of the week, it's it's going to have to be Charbonnet. I think a lot of people are expecting big game with Kenneth Walker out. I don't know. Short week, Geno Smith banged up versus the 49ers in that defense. I think Charbonnet is like the bait, almost someone would say. Like, I feel like people have been having him on their taxis. They've been having him on their bench. They've been holding them. And I think that he's a little bit of a bait, but I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to fire him up in one one league I'm in and in, uh, in our most important league. And I'm, I'm trying to win games. All right, we'll get into my boom and bust. Mine are a little spicy. I'll save my spiciest for last. My bust is going to be Bijan Robinson. Saints defense is really good. Arthur Smith does not like using his good players. I would try to find any alternative that I can. Uh, I would play Khalil Herbert. I would play a guy like Kyron Williams, who we mentioned earlier. I think you have to play Kyron Williams. There, there are certain running backs that I would steer towards, even if the projections are lower. I just don't think Arthur Smith finds a way to get his best guys involved. That's not what he does. And especially against a good run defense in New Orleans, I think they're top five. I got a good one, PJ. Would you start Tony Pollard or Bijan Robinson? Pollard. Easy. I know Pollard hasn't found the end zone, but he'll find his way. I know he did this past week, but. Any other one, Mr. And he, plays on, he plays on Thanksgiving. And right. he's going to hop in the uh, the Army, the U.S. Army thing. Another one in the same game, Brian Robinson. Salvation Army. John Robinson. Both the B uh, Robinsons. That is, that's where I draw the line. Uh, I'd probably go Bijan there. Because I do think Bijan has a chance at, you know, touchdown. A touchdown essentially makes you not bust. Uh, and I think he has better touchdown upside. I don't think that Washington's going to move the ball at all. Uh, the Cowboys just clown horrible teams. I think it's be a big blowout. All right, in my boom, get ready for this. Tyler Conklin, New York Jets. Tyler Conklin against the Dolphins. Tim Boyle stinks. Jets offensive line stinks. The only way they're going to have relevance in that offense is if they can run the ball. Impossible. Or if they're going to find fast passes. Garrett Wilson is going to get a million screens, but they can't run a million screens all game. They're going to dump down a Tyler Conklin over the middle probably five times at least. Uh, and then the yak after that, plus PPR chance at an end zone shot. I just think he's going to be a top six tight end this week in your fantasy finishes. He's a, he's a must start for me. If he's on your roster, unless you have an elite level tight end, he is a must start. Tyler Conklin or Trey McBride. Who's McBride McBride play. Trey gets to go against the Rams. Probably Trey. I was going to say, I mean, I, I like this pick a lot. 
Conklin has been sneaky if you just have no tight end. I mean, we're we all co-manage a team and he's been like our weekly starter and he won us a week this past week, which is kind of crazy. And we have the best team in the league. So I'm with it. I like Conklin. And that's going to be the end of the episode, gentlemen. Week 11 in the books, week 12 on the horizon. Thanksgiving, the tryptophan going to make me uh, Rich Eisen, great Jet fan, said he hopes he eats so much Thanksgiving night that the tryptophan lasts through the Black Friday game so he doesn't have to watch the Jets. I hope it does that for me so I don't have to watch them and stress and, and cry about them. But gentlemen, enjoy the time with your families. And I say this to all the listeners as well. Take in the time. Make sure, just like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, you have that one uncle on a couch that's snoring. You have the one game of fishbowl. And you have uh, the one family political argument. It's a necessity at, at Thanksgiving. We hope you enjoy. We hope that you do well in your fantasy leagues as well. I just wanted to say one thing. I am thankful for you guys on the podcast do this podcast every week thankful to talk with you guys i'm thankful for stat whiz jumping on the podcast big time get a guest on it's always fun to have different perspectives thankful for my family but most importantly i'm thankful for you the listener thank you for (laughs) listening 114 episodes or less not more though next week it'll be more they could have listened to more because we did sports betting episodes like 114A or 114B. So they could be sure. on episode 120 right now about so more, more. But I know I speak for both, uh, both myself and Max. We echo what super producer just said, Max, I am thankful for you despite your tanking. Despite all of the things that you fall short on, I am still thankful for you. Thank you, Peter. I do want it just to be known to all the listeners. Peter's been trying to blasphemize my name. Um, the ruling did just come out in our league. There is no form of tanking. Uh, uh, the commissioner came across and said it was a start set decision, and that's 100% what it was. And uh, I'll accept my apologies from Peter when he's ready. I'll give it to you next week after I feel better. All right. Thanks, everyone, again for listening. We will see you come next week. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.